and I just buried my head in my hands and started sobbing. We're heading into vintage 2023 and I have had to come to a winery. There'll be some, some noise in the background. We're sitting amongst, oh, there you go, there's one, that sort of thing yeah. will happen. We're sitting amongst uh, bariques and barrels and vats and tanks and our microphones are attached to, I don't even know what this machine is. It's a hot water blaster. One of those. Um, winemaker, James Rowan. Sociable man. Unfailing gentleman. But I don't want to criticise the way you live your life. But about <laughs> this time of year, you completely disappear off the planet. What is wrong with you, James? It's passion, <laughs> I'd like to think. You just give everything to it. Um, so we started Vintage three weeks ago. Um, nearly every day we've had fruit coming in. We make wine from Matakana, Waiheke Island, Auckland, um, Marlborough. Yeah, and someone just ends up throwing themselves all into it, and that's me. That's but my job. That's what I signed up for. You do disappear, though, eh? That's fair. I what, sorry? You disappear. Yes, yeah, totally. And it's, I, I miss birthdays um, unless we have social media and you suddenly remember it. Um, yeah, but then you may not turn up anyway. I won't, no. I struggled to turn up to my own birthday, actually. Had to plan the party ahead of time so that I could actually do it, because normally we're harvesting fruit on my birthday. It endangers friendships. It endangers relationships. It endangers your well-being. It challenges it. Rather than using endanger, let's call it challenges it. And, What's the challenge? Um, how strong? It's like any system. How strong is it? How, what, how much... <laughs> abuse can it take um, how much do you or other people value that relationship and are they tolerant of what goes on because they come we all all of us come second to vintage at this time of year for you right unfortunately yes okay so what the hell do you do? Like, where do you, you just disappear, mate. And I, I walked in the door today, and you greet me with your normal beardy hug. And the warning was... Um, I'm smelly and dirty. And you expected that, which is thank you. Yeah, sorry, you didn't get me. I didn't dress up for this. Um, and I don't dress it up for anyone. And I suppose my relationships, you know, and I've got a wonderful personal relationship at the moment with a lovely person. Um, and she's known from the beginning that this is what I do. You can only warn them so much, though. Um, but the, it's like any friendship that you've got. You know, I've got some friends which I only see a couple of times a year, but we've been friends for ever. Yeah, yeah, I'm not actually interested yeah. in that. What I'm interested yeah. in is where you go, mate. Like, why do you disappear so much? Why is it so obsessive? And you've started three weeks ago. We've had to find little tiny windows where we can do this. We can do it. Oh, actually, don't come in now. And you're going to be out of normal social action for how long? I'll give it about two months. Okay. Yeah, by the time we've gotten into bottling, it'll be three months. But so, so what are you doing? It's, I say to everyone, winemaking is about observation and attention to detail. And to do that, I have to be here doing it. And that's all the way from working with the growers and all our clients to pick the grapes when we can for them, or they can, bring them in here and get it through all the processes. The processes are pretty simple but they have to be done at the right time. And if you don't do them, then cock-ups happen. And that's what you're there to make sure doesn't happen. You know, there's people's livelihoods 
you know, fortunes spent on growing these grapes, and we're contracted to make it into wine. I don't want to give them an inferior product, and that's why they probably keep on coming back year after year, because that's what we've done. Average day in vintage would be how long? How long a working day? Oh, 10 to 14. Yeah. I'd, I don't like to work, to, I don't mind starting early, like I don't mind doing two and three o'clock starts. I just don't like going into beyond six o'clock in the evening or later. But I do because I have to sometimes receive fruit, say, from Waiheke Island to get it into the refrigerated container. That's okay, that's an easy job. Why are you starting at two or three in the morning? Depends on how many loads you have to get through the press and crusher. Yeah, there's been some vintages where it's been incredibly challenging and a lot of fruit has had to be processed. And a press cycle takes three hours, hour each side to prep and clean down. Yeah, we don't try to do those anymore. But certainly do two press loads a day. And then there's all the paperwork you've got to do, the analysis. Tell and me, you're, and you're managing what, a team. What is the paperwork? Recording everything that's coming. Yep. Got a computer system for that. But you've got to do all your lab work. So, um, for because example... He, because MPI wants to know everything. Okay, so that's yeah. the Ministry it's, it's, of Primary it's, Industries correct. who are the and, regulator. Yeah. Yes. Right, but I guess also you need to know... Talk, talk me through a bunch of fruit that's come in this week. Um, what did we do today? We did some rosé from Matakana. Okay. Once I who the client was, the fruit turns up in the back of a truck. We dump it into the receival bin, or tip it gently, which I don't quite see the difference, but anyway... <laughs> Um, we look at the condition of it. There were some challenges to it. So I might decide to use a, an additive there to help ameliorate the quality of the fruit. Right. Some carbon. And that just gets rid of some melodious car- characters. We end up crushing and pressing that into the press. Push through and we... Press cycle takes three hours. Um, and the press cycle is literally squeezing the it's, grapes. It's, it's putting you know, a bag against a sieve. Yep. And just squeezing the grapes and taking the juice out. Okay. There's some sulfite addition, there's some enzyme addition. Okay, and the, and the, the sulfite just gives it a protection against oxygen? That, but also it kills other microbes. Okay. Which is actually probably more important side of it. It's an antimicrobial agent. Um, because crushing grapes is a pretty oxidative environment anyway. Yeah. So yes, it does help against that. But it's more about the antimicrobial side of it. And then the juice went off to tank. We added some tannin to it so that some not-so-nice rots didn't affect it as much, and then it got an earth-fining bentonite um, and a synthetic fining agent. Working environment. You're yes, all yes, good. Yes, I'm right. in your workplace. <laughs> You're <laughs> all good. <laughs> um, and I got a fining as well, um, so I, I gave it a gelatin fining just to take the rough edges off it, and now it's settling in tank. So how many hours had that, had that taken? So that fruit arrived at 10 o- uh, 9.30, 10 o'clock. Okay. And we were finished up here by the time we'd done the full clean down, all the lab work, um, probably about 2.30, okay. 2.45. Okay. So uh, we, we, we created that gap for us to have a chat. Yeah. And yeah, so we, I said about three-ish, yeah. and we were pretty smack on for it. And that was with him arriving a little bit late. So that was good. So now that juice is sitting where? Sitting in a tank, tank four, just settling. Okay. And it'll settle there for three days and then we'll rack the clear juice off the solids. It'll get so that means get, yeah, get all the juice off, off just, what, 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 when you say solids, what's left um, in there? You know when you've got a bottle of orange juice and yeah. all the stuff settled to the bottom? The pulpy stuff. The pulpy stuff, all the pulpy stuff. Okay. Yeah. And the clay that we've added and things like that. That'll all settle down up to three days, nice and compact. We'll take the clear juice off, warm it up, add some nutrients, add some yeast, and start fermenting. And then every day as it's fermenting, 
obviously we taste it, analyze to see where the sugar levels are, what the temperature is, if we have to adjust the temperature, make it cooler or warmer to get a nice constant ferment rate. And then by rights, within four weeks, that should be finished fermenting. Three fermenting weeks. for four weeks. Three weeks, four weeks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What's the, um, what are the grape varieties that you've got in there? That one was a Dolcetto. Dolcetto. Cool. So it gives away who it might be, but... Not um, at all. <laughs> Moving on. Um, <coughs> all right. Um, uh, yeah. Four weeks of ferment. Three, four weeks. Yeah. Ferment either stops naturally or you will bring it to a pause. Yes, correct. Hopefully I'm the one that brings it to the pause. Um, though sometimes some yeasts do give up the ghost and you might have to re-inoculate. And there'd be lots of reasons for why that happened. But in a perfect world... It keeps on trucking along, and then I go, right, stop it now because it tastes balanced. Great. Put it on cold, add some sulfur dioxide, done. Then, then we, what? Then we let it settle, rack it off the solids. Settle for how long? By rights, we could probably do it within a week or two. Depends on when the client wants to bottle the wine right. as well. So at that point, it sounds to me like there's some pressure off. Yes, as long as you've got a tank it can sit in? Correct, and hopefully not on too much ullage, but if it does, it just needs to be gassed. You know, ullage? Uh, yes, but it, it, headspace. Yeah, great. Yeah, so. like, in the, like in the bottle, right? In now. a bottle, okay. yeah, when you've taken a glass out, there's ullage. Okay, yeah. cool, yeah. the gap. Yeah, so we um, keep that with carbon dioxide, which is quite a, an expensive habit at the moment. But we do it for the love of our product. Um, and then I'll do a fining trial, just to see if I need to... You know, if you, you've got a piece of wood and you want to change it into a shape... You might use a chainsaw first, and then a, a rasp, and then several grades of sandpaper to shape it into what you want. I wish we were filming this, because, James, you do look like a lumberjack, so it's a very appropriate <laughs> metaphor with your large beard and your flannel shirt. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, I'd love to wear women's underwear. No. <laughs> Good Monty Python reference. Can't get, okay. yep. um, so you're just polishing that product then into the shape that you want it. Just gentle fining. It shouldn't take much. And then um, filtration and bottling. And you think, oh, that's pretty simple. It is. But it's all about timing. You've got to tie into when the client wants to bottle it, when you've got time to do it. Because otherwise you're going to be working all year. I do want to take a holiday. I'm going up to Paris in December. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah um, and London. And just going, I've got to have a holiday. I've got to have back, get my life back. Spend time with my partner yeah, and my apolo friends. Apologise to your partner. Yes, immensely. Yes. Make sure they're okay. Paris and London. <laughs> <laughs> but that rosé is just one. Yeah. You have got coming in this vintage Riesling, Gewürz, Gris, Chardonnay, multiple versions of those, Sauvignon yes. Blanc, Cabernet yes. Sauvignon, Pinotage still? Uh, no Cabernet Sauvignon. No Cab we certainly got Cabernet Franc, Merlot, Malbec, Syrah, lots of Syrah. Syrah. Um, no Pinot Noir anymore. Um, Petit Verdot. Uh, and all of these. Uh, we've got some Albarino coming in. And obviously the rosés that we make. We make a lot of rosés for clients. Yeah. So, yeah, like next week, uh, probably five, six batches of fruit coming in. And it'll be the same the week after. Just Everything has, just gets treated individually. And all goes through that same process. Yeah. All right. Unless it's a red, but it's something similar, yeah. You might be there at... Two, three in the morning because that's when the fruit's going to arrive. No, that's when we have to start processing so we can fit it into the day. Because I don't want to be working my team. So the most important thing is actually my team. If I keep them happy, they keep me happy. Sorry, come to work at 2.30 in the morning and you expect me to be happy? 
just interrupting myself to say thanks for listening. Full of It's a Passion Pod. If you like what you're hearing, support us. Look, the options are both financially and in ideas. Do that through Patreon, where for as little as 4 bucks 50 you're in, you're part of the team. There's varying levels there, but everyone who's a Patreon gets to communicate and contribute directly to the pod on episodes. Who we should talk to, what we should cover, what full of it should be about in future. All right, let's get back to the chat. No, they arrive at four o'clock in the morning. I've done set up for them. What have and you done? And four o'clock, set up the lines and all that sort of thing. Got all my additives ready. You're, that's not Got, a cocaine reference, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. No, no it's right. not. No. What do you mean? Um, prepared the crusher in the press. Everything. So when they walk into work, they're just hitting the floor and going for it. And I think that's a beautiful way to happen. Aren't you the boss? Yes, I am. So why are you doing the... Because I enjoy doing that. And also I know it's been done. Like, you're of an age and I'm of an age. I'm still feeling reasonably fit. Because this is what I do every year. And I feel good about that. Also, they are actually going to do a lot of the physical work. And I don't want them falling over during vintage. So at the moment, two of them have got days off. Um, There's just two of us working this morning. And yeah, happy team. Happy James. And you're managing them and happy wines, right? And happy wines. Very important. So that means you've got around about 12 weeks of this. Yes. Yeah. And it can get, you know, I don't want to be pushing them seven days a week. I'm happy to do that, but I'm not doing all the physical work. They are. So let's talk then about the other labour, the non-physical labour. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to chat with a mutual friend of ours, a former grape grower, uh, who gave up because he simply couldn't handle the emotional stress. Yep. Right? Like yes. being anxious about the grapes and the weather front and the weather and this weather window and the picking window. And, he, and he's just like, and he's happy now he's not doing it. But he was one of my favourite growers and everyone calls him the gardener because he was good. He was great at what he did. But he stopped because yeah. he couldn't cope. Yes. Mentally, emotionally, you've talked about the physical labour. Mm-hmm. No, mentally, emotionally, it's huge. I remember when um, Westbrook sold. And so I guess my mentor, Anthony Arvisovich, chief winemaker, he was no longer my winemaker. So I had to make all the decisions. The buck stopped with me. That was a huge challenge. That scared the crap out of me. There was someone I couldn't say, oh, can I do this? And they go, yes or no. I was the one that said yes or no. That, that was a huge challenge to me, especially when you've had other things in your life which have maybe failed. You didn't want this thing to fail. And yeah, it's quite scary. Then what you end up doing, I was thinking about it when you asked me the questions. Um, you... Take the emotion out of it. It's almost like you're just a butcher, chopping up grapes and making wine. I know some quite emotional butchers. Yes, I'm sure. I know some quite emotional surgeons, and I'm glad they've done surgery on me. But sometimes you have to take that step back and not totally own it. You just do the best that you can. Okay. Yeah, which is, yeah, it saves you and it saves the people around you. Yeah. Ultimately, if some fruit does rot, I'll do the best I can to make the best wine I possibly can out of it. But it's not all of my life tied up in those grapes. How did you learn to do that? 
Um, I think I've had some very good mentors and we've also just thought about it. You know, I said before, it's all about observation. Um, we talked Observation to, like, in detail, you said. Yeah. Right? It's, uh, so you're observing of, yourself as well? Yes, I've seen how I've changed over time, definitely. Okay. So were there some warning signs when you go, Ooh, what sort of things might come up where you go, I need to change how I'm approaching this? Yeah, I, th- I think a, a big one's drinking too much. Yeah, and al- let's, you know, it's the elephant in the room, isn't it? Winemakers and alcohol. It's the, the tank and the bleaks and the <laughs> yeah, in the room. Yeah, when you have access to it. It's, you know, and you have to be very, very careful. So an indicator for you is that I'm, I'm, having, I'm having a bottle, not a glass. Correct. All right. Yep. So, then you're, so your response to that is what? What do you do? Well, you soon notice it because your recycling bin's quite full. And you just go, stop. Okay. So yeah, it's hard to go, and it's very difficult to do. You find... Another way to focus on things. Something else to focus on. And I guess vintage is a bit like that for me. I can focus on that rather than running away into a glass. Because I can't drink wine a lot during vintage. I just get tired. Um, also, your juice, your, your palate gets attuned to juice and ferments. So every day I'm tasting ferments, which are beautiful organic things. You know, there's something living in them. Yeah. And it's great for your gut. But, well, well, probiotics. Yeah, yeah, so there's, okay. some, there's lots of things going on. And um, I love it. But I, I end up not drinking wine because I just can't taste it anymore. It's a very different thing to be tasting. Okay, so that helps. Yeah. Then there is, we know the rosé is in tank four, but you've got a lot more tanks than four here. Yes, and that does get a little bit stressy when, because you don't necessarily know when what is coming in. And if everyone said, I want to bring it in now, I can't take it all in now. And you do move it around tanks to optimise the, the size of them. If you can't find me when I'm in the winery, I'm probably on top of tank 32 or 33, just sitting up there looking at all the tanks, going, OK, if I move that there, move that there, and I've got to do that. you just got to work out your plan. So you're holding that in your head <clears throat> of what's coming in notionally and already booked in and what's on a truck or a ferry and is refrigerated and needs to be... That's right, and then someone else wants to pick. So we've got a board upstairs which goes out two weeks... And even then, there's an overflow board of planning so, when things are possibly coming in. When you get anxious, mm-hmm. and what does anxiety look like for you? Like for, for me, I know I get a physical response. What is it for you that says, I'm feeling anxious here? Um, silence, I think, for me, when I go quiet, everyone knows something's up. Because I normally laugh a lot. Uh, very sociable and um, when I go quiet everyone goes something's wrong I know it's wrong as well um, you still got to believe in yourself though I've had those moments where I've collapsed in tears just knowing what do I do but that adage you know how do you eat an elephant you know one mouthful at a time I hate the taste of elephant <laughs> <laughs> can you remember an example of what has had you collapse in tears? What has yeah, been? Yeah, it was uh, 2018 vintage. We'd had a shit 16. There's some good fruit, but there's also really hard fruit. 17 was very difficult. So this actually made from a difficult vintage. This yeah, the class. 17 Chardonnay. That's it's lovely, so isn't it? Fresh. I know it's lovely. There's no way I would have thought that was what six years old now. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then 2018 came along. And I don't mind dealing with less than great fruit, 
but it just got me and I was sitting in dry goods over there and I just buried my head in my hands and started sobbing. And I went, oh, not again, not again. Then I sort of pulled myself up. Michael, who works here as our vineyard manager, he said, you're right. I said, we will be. You just needed that release and then to reassert to yourself, we can do this because you've got a good team around you. Yeah. That's why it's important to keep them fed and watered and happy. I hear that and I get that, right? That's the preventive and I, and I understand that. When you said there was a release in the tears and in that surrendering to the overwhelm and, oh my God, I can't, yeah. what did you let go of? What did I let go of? It won't kill me doing vintage. It's like when you get so down. I think I used to listen to a lot in the cave when I was getting depressed. Everyone said, why are you listening to that? You should be listening to something happy. But I also know that there's only so far I'll go. And then you go, oh, back up again. And you do take yourself to a quite a low point, but you can bring yourself back up again. So I, I found I can. And I know that's not true for everybody. But it was just a pressure valve had been released. And you start again. You're so wound up. And you know, the small things irritate you. Like? Oh, just a piece of mess or something like that. Or The word that you omitted from observation and detail was cleaning. <laughs> if the inside of the tank's clean, I'm usually happy. But yeah, there's a lot of cleaning. And you enjoy cleaning and you like things clean. Okay, so a bit of mess, I can understand that. I'm wondering if what you give up is the perfect wine or the perfect juice or the perfect process that in your head you were attached to. And it ain't going to happen. And it ain't here. Yes. And so you do allow that to eventually happen. What? You allow something to be a little bit rough. Because sometimes in... You know, I've always said, you know, wine like life is about texture. So what's wrong with a little spiky bit? Well, it's not all smooth. You would say that with your huge beard. <laughs> I am grooming it. Um, but yeah, it's, things don't have to be polished into perfection. What we perceive as perfection, because actually I think in some of those eras and everything, there's something interesting. It's just for you to perceive it correctly. Okay. You know going into vintage that you're going to be exhausted, mm -hmm. you're going to be emotional, you're going to be under pressure. Do you know that you're going to make some mistakes? Yes, I do. But it's mitigating them. How big are the mistakes? Yeah, 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 it's yeah, mitigating yeah. them? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I know that I'll make a, couple of, a few errors. It's just I want to minimise that as much as possible so that there aren't big, huge, catastrophic ones. And I don't want the team to be making errors either. So we just take things slowly and easily, especially Why? as you get tired. Is, is that, that I don't want them to be making errors. Is that because, God damn it, I have to clean after, after you, you? Or is it about protecting them from what you've been through in the past emotionally of going, oh my, no, look yeah, what I, I did. Yeah, I, like, everything you just said is absolutely true. Timothy John, I was just busting in for a moment to let you know that this conversation 
Um, I, I do give a thank you, and because it's with a wine person, it's a wine thank you. Of course, wine people can be a bit judgy, so our thank you wines come from Posh Slosh, the online wine merchant at poshslosh.co.nz. Take a look, you'll find mostly organic, biodynamic, lots of natural, low-intervention wines, and some classics from Italy, Australia, France, Spain, and Aotearoa. If you trade, get the portfolio from the curators of poshslosh.co.nz manifesto. Just email paul at manifestowinecompany.co.nz. I do. Now, back to the chat. From, I'm going to have to clean up a mess, to... I don't want you to have to go through the mistake I've made. And I have made some. But I've had to learn how to fix them. Because no one else is going to do it, is it? Are they? Not anymore. Not no. since Anthony's gone. No. It's you now. I remember when I did make a mistake, but at least I, I, I admitted the mistakes, but we worked out how to fix it. And it ended up rosy. Great. Ironically, it was with a rosé. <laughs> but yeah, it's... I, I think we should be learning from each other's mistakes so they're not made. Yeah, I think mentoring is so important. People do, you know, should not live in a little um, cotton ball world. They do need to learn, but I think there's some things that we just don't have to be keeping keep on making those mistakes. Mm. Yeah. So we should be evolving. When? What about the? The communication errors or the times when you're not the best James that you wanted to be. And I hear the goals you're setting for yourself. But, mate, 2 o'clock in the morning, right, by 2 in the afternoon and you've been working hard and your team have been working hard, is there a time in this vintage where you're not going to be the James that you're most proud of? Yes. And that's when you're working those long hours. Communication, if you want to get back to that whole relationship thing, we all say this. Communication is everything. Who's we? We, when we talk about relationships, communication is paramount, almost. And I'm a very bad communicator. Are you? Yes, in my personal relationships, I am. And how about in this winery team? Because that's quite personal. Isn't is it? it pure? Yeah. This becomes a surrogate relationship. And... There's a whole bunch of us here, though. There's four of us who work in the cellar. And we've learned how to communicate with each other. We've got someone new this year. And so that's, again, you, 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 there's a new relationship. You change another dynamic to the relationship. And we all just need to get on with how we do it. Today, there's two people working together. They've been working together for 12 years. And it was like a dance. I remember doing this when I used to work for another company. You know, it's me and the chief winemaker working in the cellar on the weekend. It was a dance of people who knew what they were doing. It was a beautiful thing to watch. I still remember it. And today was the same thing. Everyone knew what was where, where someone needed some help. It was beautifully fluid. It was great. And at the end of it, we just looked at each other, absolutely buggered, and just grinned. And we felt fantastic. Because it had gone through so smoothly. Despite then, starting off roughly. And then you're going to have to get up and do it again. Yeah. And again... And again. So I wonder how our actors are, like on the stage. You keep talking. I'm going to go around and refill your wine. But I, I really, you know, it's, yeah, again and again, you're trying to improve on it. Can you improve on it? Or are you just trying to create the same thing you can each time? So let's... Help yourself. 
<laughs> I, I see what you did there. You spoiled my plan, yes. <laughs> um, but... Recap closing. <laughs> um, so coming to the end of this conversation and coming to the end of Vintage, let's go forward another nine, ten weeks. You've gone out for dinner somewhere which is very clean. Um, you've put on your city shoes and a city shirt from Strangely Normal and you've gone back and seen that lovely world that you love out there as well and um you've started to reconnect with your friends and whatnot have been going where have you been where have you been and you do you reconnect and then the judging circuit starts up so i'm off judging wines with friends which just you know we're all friends in the industry and um well, we're not all friends. Not, not all friends assholes off no one yeah um <laughs> Uh, and then we're bot getting wines ready for bottling. You know, reds will have been pressed, so you know, just keeping an eye on them and barrel. Let's talk reds another time. I'm yeah, interested yeah, in yeah. that, right? Yeah. But I'm tempted to say that vintage is judged by what's in the bottle and it's judged in years to come, but I'm wondering, and thank you for this conversation about the physical, the emotional, the human side of working vintage, right? Um, it does take a toll on relationships. And I, 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 I probably, I, I say that, I've been saying that quite a bit, because um, Rachel, my partner, um, luckily she hasn't, she's been overseas for the last three weeks. She arrives back tomorrow from the US, and I'm looking very much forward to seeing her, um, but she won't see me. You know, I'll be getting up again early hours and working away. But this is our fourth vintage together. Um, but she's come to know what to expect. Past relationships, yeah, it just starts to hammer home and sometimes you have no energy to give that other person. It's, and I, I'm apologetic and I'm sorry for that. But I allow this, that's me, a selfishness, I allow this to be the thing at that time of year. When you are in your, you would say beautiful, I'd say weird, strangely normal shirt, <laughs> right, that you've put on and you're out in the city and you're with your partner and you're with some mates and you don't stink. Yes, well, right? I smell beautiful. And you've got Usually. your clean shoes on, yeah. right? And you're able to pay attention because you haven't got 34 vats immediately on your mind right now and, and picking windows and schedules and ferments and what mm. have you. Are you able at that point to go, yeah, that was good vintage? Uh, yes. Yeah. If it ran smoothly, got no dogs in the cellar, and you go, well done. You just threw, I wish I had a camera. You just threw a sidelong glance at three innocent tanks standing next to you and a couple of bariques. Like, what? What? You're casting aspersions on these <laughs> inanimate objects. Yes. Well, I don't have children. <laughs> and so, um, these are a creation. And I know actually this barrel here, that's the only barrel that that company's making. Of that wine. Oh, wow. 
that's all the Chardonnay that they made. And, yeah, you've got to look after it, don't you? That's their hopes and their dreams, right? That is. Before these wines are even bottled, before they are complete and ready to be judged by you and your peers mm. or judged by people like me who come and buy them and go, yum, or not so yum. And that's what I prefer, actually. It's you guys. I'll do my own personal judgment. Yeah. Um, but you will decide a good vintage or not long before that. Yeah, and it's not necessarily actually whether it was a great fruit vintage. You know, like this has been a challenging vintage already. And I've just, we've just come through cyclones and floods. <laughs> and but you might see some absolutely lovely drops come out of it. And we'll see some good gear come out of here. Because what it, but what I'm learning in this conversation is that that's a separate good vintage call for you. There's a good vintage call for you, suited and booted, out in town going, yeah. Survived another one. Okay. It didn't break me. Yeah, I'm not this sobbing mess. I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. You can't... I'll own it as much of this as I possibly can. But I won't let it define who and what I am if it doesn't work out properly. I'll just give them my all. What a beautiful conversation. This chat with James Rubin, the winemaker for Westbrook, and as you've heard, some other wineries too, was our very first full of it record, and it's exactly what I was hoping that we could make this pod series about. Yes, a whole lot of wine information and knowledge, but the human personal stories and insights behind wine. But if you've enjoyed it, first of all, do share it, and thanks very much for listening. Go and grab another episode.